Good Sunday morning to you, YouTube, Facebook, Beth River Baptist Church, whoever may be watching. It is the last Sunday of April in 2020, and hopefully, hopefully I'm praying this stay-at-home order is coming to an end, and we'll be able to meet back in person very soon. We are having drive-in services at Beth River Baptist Church, but I've decided to record my sermon notes just in case... Uh, People can't make it, or in case the weather gets bad, or in case you feel better, safer at home. Uh, so, thanks for joining us today. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2 today. Where are you watching this from? You're probably watching it from a couch, or maybe you're listening in a vehicle. I don't know. I'm recording this from inside my pastor study, from, from inside a church. The building that I'm in is complete. This building took time whenever it was built. It was built stone by stone, cinder block by cinder block. It's got a tin roof on the top, a big pretty steeple. It took time. It took care. It took a vision. It took careful consideration where they would place this place. It probably took blueprints, and it could not be built without certain materials. It's a spiritual house. It's a place that I'm afraid we've taken for granted. It's a place where we come to worship. It's a divine place, you might say. The land that this church is sitting on was set aside and made for a house of worship. Did you know, and I'm sure you did know this, the Bible speaks of a spiritual house too. It talks in the Old Testament about the temple where men and women went to worship went to sacrifice. Well, here in Peter, Peter talks about the New Testament temple, the New Testament house of worship. And while there are churches, the church itself, the, the tabernacle itself, where the Holy of Holies resides now, isn't in this building. It's inside the heart of every believer. So I want you to look at this scripture with me this morning. I hope it's not too confusing. I hope you can understand what Peter was trying to tell his believers. So let's go through it. It begins in 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 4 through 11. He says, Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who were once not a people, but are now people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. 
Very, very interesting passage here. How Peter is saying that, hey, you're precious and you're a living stone. There's a new spiritual house being built and it's being built with the hearts, with the believers. Peter, there's some disagreement on this, who Peter was talking to. I kind of believe that Peter was talking to a Jewish audience. Whichever, whether it's Jews or whether it's Gentiles, he's speaking to believers. He's speaking to born-again Christians. He's speaking to those that are persecuted. And he's offering a word of encouragement. Now, if I'm right that he's speaking to Jewish people, the Jewish readers would have understood right away about a spiritual house. They would have understood what that temple was and just how holy it was, how special it was, what a special place it was to hold the presence of God. And that's what we are. We are the new temple. That's what Peter says here. So what's Peter trying to say to his readers? What's he saying to us? What is the Holy Bible saying to us in 2020? Right off, first off, I don't know how you could deny this, and he wants us to know that us as believers, as a born-again believer, you are so very important. How special is it that you were chosen by the chief architect? Listen, we need to realize that. Christian, you need to realize that, that you are so very important. And we need to realize that, and we need to start living like our life really matters. You're not some insignificant clump of cells. You're not some accident. You're not just some descendant from an ape. Verse 4 says that you're precious. Verse 9 says that you're a special people. Man, you are so special, and you are so very important. I just want you to grab a hold of that this morning. I want you to understand that you are more than just somebody insignificant. You're special and you're important. No matter whether you have a college degree, a high school education, or you're a high school dropout, if you are a born-again believer, you are so very important. God has a place for you. If you've been born again, you are special and you've got a place because every single stone is precious, every single stone is special, and every single stone is so very important. I want you to look at this. I thought about this as I was talking about this. I can't show you the whole church. Sunday morning, there'll be a church behind me, and I'm going to show the church. You'll be able to see it. But all around you, there's things that's been built. And I think as I'm looking at this, this is an Amazon Kindle. And inside this Kindle is all kinds of microchips and all kinds of processors probably it's got a nice pretty screen and it can do it's got so much software on it but you know it requires every single little part working what good would this screen be if the processor wasn't working what good would the processor be if the screen wasn't working see every little part needs to work together and that's the same way with God's church Paul calls calls the church a body and he makes it clear that every part is important See, if you know anything about the Old Testament, you know anything about the temple, you would know something, and that's that you don't mess with God's house. Abusing God's house is a big no-no. In the Old Testament, it's the same today. You better remember that. It's important that you remember just how important God's house was, and you don't mess with God's house. So you need to remember that the next time you're tempted to say something negative against another stone, against another believer, you better think about that. You don't mess with God's house. We should treat other members of this body 
as important and special. We should pray for each other. Listen, that stone that's beside me, above me, below me, we should pray for each other. We should lift each other up. We should encourage each other. We should call. We should text. We should love others. And listen to me, church. Listen to me. We should absolutely never, ever, ever tear another church member, another living stone down. When we pick another Christian apart, You're hurting them, but you're also hurting yourself. It's just silly. Why would you do such a thing? So I'm I'm pleading with you. Start lifting each other up and don't tear each other down. But listen, there's something so special about this, and that's that you are the dwelling place for God himself. There's no longer a holy of holies. There's no longer a temple. Now God dwells right here inside you. And you need to realize that because not only are you important, not only are you special, you're protected. Realize that no one that comes against you will prosper. Remember what Jesus told Peter? On this rock, I'll build my church. Well, how is he building his church with you, with me? And he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, that means the gates of hell is going to come against us. But it also means... That, man, we are, we are protected. And can't nobody come against us. We're going we're gonna to live forever. So take comfort in that, church. Realize that. That's a great promise that we're protected. And you don't mess with God's house. And we're part of that house. You know, as I study this, and there's two types of stones. Two types of Christians. They're born-again Christian. There's, there's two categories. As a Christian, you're either strengthening or you're weakening God's house. Not standing firm is weakening God's house. Trying to straddle the fence, living for the world one day, living for God the next, living two separate lives, man, you're weakening God's house. And it's just it's just sad that we try to do that. I use the example of my Kindle again, or any electronic device. You're watching this on a computer or your phone. Isn't it aggravating whenever it freezes? Or it just gets slow, and you're like, man, it's, it's, not, it's not working right. Well, what's not working right? There's a piece of software or a piece of hardware that's not firing right, and it's messing up the whole thing. And I want to tell you, it's so sad in many of our churches, what's wrong is that we've got a bunch of stones that's not functioning right, that's not supporting other stones. When you're not functioning right, when you're not being the man or the woman God has called you to be, You're weakening the house. You're weakening the building. And listen, what happens is we think that it's only our lives that matter. Well, Brother Kevin, that's none of your business. It's only my life. I'm a born-again believer. I'm going to heaven. It's all taken care of. So what does it matter? And it matters because when you become weak, we all become weak. We need each other now more than ever. I need you. I need your prayers. I need you to lift me up. I need your support. But more important than that, who else is part of this building? Who else is the chief cornerstone? Verse 7 says that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Jesus needs you to be part of his church. Man, it terrifies me that I might let, let the chief cornerstone down. See, that chief cornerstone is the first block that's laid. It's the first, it's the one that's supporting the whole building. And man, I don't want to, I don't want Jesus to have to have a hard time supporting me. I want to be the man he wants me to be. Do you know, as God's dwelling place, what was so special about 
the the temple, the Old Testament temple. It was a holy place, a very, very holy place. I'm told that the temple, it had staggered steps. One step would be shorter and one would be taller than the other. And they did that because it was so so holy in that building that if, if somebody came in it by accident, they'd be killed instantly. Remember the story in the Old Testament where they're transporting the Ark of the Covenant and they go the, the guy went down to catch it and it killed him? Because it's so holy. Our, our sinful nature just can't even comprehend that. Well, listen, you're God's dwelling place now. Peter just said it. And it's God's dwelling place. You are expected to be holy. Are you being holy? Man, that... That's a toe stomper. We don't like to think about that, but we're called to be holy. If God's dwelling in you, I'm calling on you to stay as sin-free as possible and staying as sin-free as possible. It means saying no to some things. It means saying yes to some things. It means feeding the Spirit. In verse 9, Peter basically says, Let your light shine. You were in darkness. Now you're in light. I just want to tell you that that nobody is going to come to a light they can't see. Stop hiding your light. People are looking for the light. Stop hiding it. See, Peter knew something that, that we don't talk about a lot. Peter knew that just because you've been chosen, that just because you're part of, of the spiritual house, doesn't mean the lust of the flesh stops. That lust is still there. And we're not instantly holy. It's a decision you have to make every day. Every day you've got to make that decision to be holy. Every day you've got to make that decision to say yes to Jesus and no to sin. Man, that, that temple, that Old Testament temple was different than the world. It was so different. It was the dwelling place for God. Well, listen, Christian, you are different than the world. You are a pilgrim. You don't belong here. So stop living. Start living like you don't belong here. Stop trying to fit in a world that you don't belong. I I just encourage you to be holy. I give you a challenge. This week, stay off the TV for a week. Stay off the radio for a week. Just, Just get alone and get with God. Then turn it back on and you'll see just how unholy the world is. So many times we think we're being holy, but what a joke it is. We're we're not near as holy as God's called us to be. So I encourage you to start living holy. Last point this morning. Last point. You know, this building that I'm in, the building you're in, the tablet example I use, it's done. It's complete. And I want to tell you that one day, One day, this spiritual house that God's building, he keeps adding to it block by block, bit by bit, mortar by mortar. But one day, and I believe very soon, that spiritual house is going to be complete. One day, he's going to say, that's it. It's done. It's what I've envisioned. It's perfect. And I want you to know that Jesus isn't coming for a building. He's coming for his bride. When that church is complete, when it's done, the father's going to say to the son, go get your bride, son. Go get them. So here's the question this morning. Are you, are you part of his church? 
Are you a living stone? Have you accepted his calling? You could come sit in the building every single Sunday and not be a part of it. Once again, verse 11 says you're pilgrims and you're sojourners. He's talking to born-again believers. So my question for you is, are you a born-again believer? Have you accepted Jesus into your heart? Have you became a living stone? Oh, it's so special. It's so special that God wants to use you to be something so important. And he's calling you. He's asking you. But you have to say, yes, Lord. Yes, use me. Well, once again, I can't have an altar call, but I can have an invitation. And I invite you. I invite you to accept Jesus as your Savior. Just just call out to him. Just pray to him. Lord, I need you in my life. I know I'm a sinner. I know I need forgiveness. I know I'll never be as holy as I can be, but I know you died on the cross, and I know you did it for me. Just ask him to come into your heart, and then guess what? Your body will be a sanctuary for a holy for a living, for an eternal God. And you'll find your place. You'll find your place. And God will use you in ways that you never thought imaginable. Listen, if you make that decision, I want to hear from you. BRBCLiddyville at gmail.com I hope, I hope this is coming to an end. But I don't know. We'll keep making YouTube videos as long as we have to. If you think this video could help somebody you know, send it to them. I encourage you to subscribe to this channel. I'm going to keep doing Wednesday Words of Wisdom, and I'm going to keep praying for you. I'm going to say a prayer, and then I'm going to cut the video off. I love you. I'm praying for you, and I want you to know that God's in control. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the technology, and thank you for the chance to reach people I normally wouldn't get to reach. Lord, I pray that my words make sense. I pray that whoever watched this can see what the Bible says. Lord, thank you for choosing me to be a living stone. Thank you for using me to make a difference in your church and in your kingdom. And Lord, I pray if anybody's watching this that doesn't know you as their Savior, then Lord, I pray that you'll speak to them. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to accept you as their Savior. And I pray that you would give them the courage to, to join a church, Lord, to find their place and to serve you as you want them to serve. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope to see you soon. Have a great, great week.